Ladies and gentlemen, Kalavradi, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Uh, wherever you're joining from in Australia, it's 5.30 in the morning. Those poor fuckers don't even know what's <laughs> happened. Um, Mitchell is gone, ladies and gentlemen. Olympiacos are looking for their fourth manager of the season. It looks like Jose Anigo is going to be taking over the reins against Bauk. But those are the facts. Michel Gonzalez is no longer Olympiacos manager. The club put out a statement and I will read, translate it into English right now. Mr. Mitchell informed us of his decision to leave immediately from the club. Mr. Mitchell came at a difficult period for the club and he tried to help. We wish him nothing but success in the future. Mitchell stated, I informed the board of the club of my decision to resign. I think that this is the best time for the team. Thank, I thank the club for the cooperation um, throughout these um, challenging months. I leave as a friend and I wish for the team to achieve its objectives. And that ends his quote. The game on Wednesday, um, Jose Enigo will be taking charge in the game against Balk. That is the club's official statement. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an incredible season. Um, who would have thought, just before the international break, a 3-1 victory against Aeg in Hagia Sophia had Olympiacos fans in raptures. Uh, we all remember fans showing up at Redi after the Ayak game, after the victory in Hagia Sophia. Flares, singing, dancing and partying throughout the night. And then two weeks later, how things can change in football in just 20 minutes, what we saw yesterday in the Addis game. And Monday morning, 3rd of April, uh, well, Mitchell is no more. The comments are flaring up already. We're going to put a poll in the chat in a moment and ask you, do you think this was the right decision? Uh, keep the comments coming, but I'm immediately going to go to my co-host. I'm joined by Labros Sirmos, who's back in Europe, and we have Marshall as well joining us. Um, the right person that we can ask questions about when it comes to Jose and Ego. What can we expect from him? But I'm not going to preempt anything. Uh, guys, who, who, fellas, who, who wants to go first? Okay, shall I go first? Well, good evening, everyone. Um, it's great to be back on the podcast. It's been a few months. As you all know, I was back in the US. Um, time difference, difficulties, schedules. It's great to be back on the podcast, maybe not on the best circumstances. Um, but what's going through my mind? I was watching our introduction, which I do every time. And I see that at the end, the video of Marcelo coming out. And it's been a shit show all year. Just, I was thinking to myself, the from the qualifiers, from Martins, from from Marcelo, all of it. It may be the biggest shit show of Olympiacos. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it tops the Beznikasi. I think it does. I think it does. It's really a shit show. Um, and it's like one of those moments where you smile through the pain. I remember when Micho got hired, we hopped on a podcast. And I thought he would be fired before January, I think. So he's made it to April 3rd. 
not bad. But I think the opinion in the fan base is like everyone agrees Michel is a mediocre coach who probably is a better man manager than than manager himself. Um, I don't think many people disagree with that comment, but the idea of sacking Michel right now was the right time is idiotic. Is the football league back was playing kind of shit? Yes, it's a bit shit, it's a bit mediocre, but um, what what what's plan B here? What's plan B here? It's Anigo who last coached for Panionios, like, and if it's not Anigo, who's next? Who who's coming in? It makes no sense. And uh, Costa and I were talking on the podcast, or not on the podcast, uh, uh, amongst ourselves when this shit hit the fan. And what happened? Anigo is your technical director, correct? That's his position. What happens when Anigo just absolutely fucks it and loses the championship, finishes in fourth or fifth place? Is he fired as technical director as well? And and how is Anigo supposed to ready the team for the summer, ready transfers for the summer when he is now the head coach of the, the club? I wonder where Christian Carambe is. Like, what is he going to be doing? Um I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And another topic is Gate 7's role in this. They pushed for Michel to go out after Ike, which I think a lot of people, if that was that was the moment to do it, maybe. Um, but then he got that great result with Ike again. He, he saved the day. Some mediocre football. The win against Volos was pretty ordinary. And then you come back and then he just, the game blew up against Aris. It just didn't feel like this was the moment. I think everyone was very mad. Um, clearly, I was upset. Everyone was upset. But what are we doing here? Like, what, what is the plan here? There is no plan. What serious coach would come to this club now? Honestly, what, what serious coach would come? And what serious technical director would come? What do the players think even? Like, how can the players take the club seriously with this? With Anigo, your technical director, just randomly becoming your your manager against, we're, aren't we only three points out of the the title? We're three points out of the title, and what what is the expectation? Anigo is going to win the club the title, or Anigo is going to coach one game, and then someone else is going to win the team the title. It, there's no logic. So, for me, Michel was probably not going to win the championship, but he he was going to. Maybe get you second, maybe get you third. I I don't get the logic of it. I, I think we all realized Michel was pretty shit and not very good. But Michel brought the team back from minus 12 points and resembled a bit of a team. Was he shit? Yes. Are we shit as a roster and as a team? Also, yes. Like, look where we came from. We didn't win a single game in Europe this season. We didn't win a single derby. Our first derby win was Versailles. How, how how many more times is it going to be the manager who goes and not the backroom staff and not not the people making the decisions who need to step down? How many how many times can they take the blame? Anyway, that's my opinion to start. Marcial, take it away. Well, last night was like when I went to bed, I knew uh, many things were lost. Uh, in that draw against Aris, because first of all, you bought a 2 nil 
2-0 lead, you lose Camos, uh, injured for one month. You lose Bar. Uh, thank God it's not it's not a, a big injury. And it, it was kind of obvious that a major turnaround uh, just happened. And but I wasn't aware of of course that it, it would cost Mitchell his job because as you said before, we were all knowing like he wouldn't be the coach for the next season unless he would win the, t the title. But I don't know, it, it felt like it was kind of, it was one of those nights in which everything goes uh, out of plan. And the, the kind of night you lose the title, you lose the locker room, you lose the psychology of the player that Michel has been with since he, he took over the team. And you, you mentioned the, uh, the players' reaction before, but I think that from from what I know, they also feel responsible for what is happening at Olympiacos because obviously coach uh, will be sacked every time. That's how football works, but uh, players have a major responsibility in this because uh, you, you do not bottle a, a game like last night without being responsible. No matter who's on the pitch, no matter if Mitchell makes uh, three subs, that makes no sense. Um, so it's very hard to figure what is the current plan, as you said, because Anigo, from what I remember in Marseille, is not really a coach. He's much more a technical director, a scout, someone you put in the staff. Uh, I don't know exactly in which position he's the best, but obviously he's not a coach. Um, I remember, obviously, as a long time it took OM into the UEFA Cup final, but I think it was because he, he was lean, he was led by Barthez in the goalpost and Drogba uh, as a striker, and he created a good team. That's that's true, but you know, tactically, is not someone that is really remembered in Marseille, and is surrounded by so many. Uh, I don't know, uh, dramas, uh, legal stuff, and uh, all that kind of stuff around him make it impossible to have a proper vision of Anigo as a coach. So it will be a big surprise to see what he can do with this team. But what, does he want to be a coach, though? It feels like he didn't even, he doesn't want to be a manager. He last managed, mm -hmm. he's been working behind the scenes for a while yeah. now, other than, yeah. Yeah, because it's too difficult for him to. Uh, to get into the spotlight because he had faced so many things in his life, like losing his son, stuff like that. I'm not, not going into the details, but uh, legal stuff in France and stuff like that. So he wanted to go back into a more hidden role in the club. And I think he was doing a great job in Olympiacos. Uh, hidden job, you know, like pushing players to leave, uh, empty the roster, stuff like that. Probably like if Ibagasa would, would be still the B coach team, it would have been a more clever choice to appoint him. To appoint him. But I'm not so sure Okas is better than Anigo right now as a coach. I mean, guys, let's put some context into this because I've got the statistics here. So since Mitchell joined, if you look at the amount of, uh, the amount of points that the clubs have amassed, Ayak has 54 points. This is since Mitchell joined. Ayak has 54 points. Olympiagos has 52. Panathinaikos has 48. 
and Falk has 46 since uh, since Mitchell joined. He has 15 wins, seven draws, and one loss against Balk in the league. That was the first game that he coached back in October. And and again, like context is everything, right? Here we're talking about a manager that's come in in late September when we were fifth. We were fifth and the job description was you have a bloated roster of 45 to 50 players. Your objective is to win the league. We're fifth. You have 45 players in your squad. We want you to win the league. It wasn't come here and build a squad. Come here and, you know, make something. Help us play good football. Create something. Just win the league. And in his press conference when he joined, he said, I didn't come here for money. Come here because I love the club. We all know he has history at the club. He's popular in the backroom staff, etc. And let's, let's not kid ourselves. This is probably the only manager that would have taken that job back then. And since he joined, facts, we were minus 12 and we're minus three now. So we're still in with a, with a shot. Let me be clear. Let me be crystal clear. I do not think that Mitchell was the coach for us next season. Mitchell was an interim interim manager to take us to the end of the season to try and salvage whatever we could this season. Simple as that. Uh, yes, we've talked about, you know, if he won the league, he would have earned the right to stay, possibly. But this isn't a manager that can, you know, he's not the best at in-game management. We saw that yesterday. We've seen it in other games. So we know what he's good at, what he's, what he's not so good at. Um, I think there's there's a massive lack of respect here, and I do I do feel for him in in that regard that he, you know, his, his position became untenable. Essentially, like we we all know that he was late to the Cosmo Day interview yesterday. I think he was waiting for things to calm down after the end of the game, and we saw already in his post match comments like there was some bitterness. So for seventy. 70 minutes, I was a good manager. For 20 minutes, I was terrible. And even, I think, after the Ayat game where we lost 3-0, he, he expressed some bitterness about what did I inherit and what have we managed to do since he came in? Um, and you can see already in the poll, like we've asked the question, should Mitchell have stayed until the end of the season? And quite a few of you have voted already. If you haven't voted already, guys, the poll's up on YouTube. 96% of you are saying, yes, he should have stayed until the end of the season. Um, was the pressure too much? I mean, you know, if he doesn't win against Balk on Wednesday, he knows it's up. Like He knows that it's going to be absolutely wild in the Garay Skaggy on, on Wednesday. So... Uh, you know, it's illogical I, not... all the way. It's just illogical from top to bottom. It's, it's like, it's just not setting the record. You know, the facts are we all agree Michel was average. Yes. Michel was brought in because he was the only option. Yes. 
did Michel clear out the squad? Yes. Did he form some sort of squad? Yes. Did he bring Olympiacos to striking distance of the championship? Yes. Okay, so he did those things. Did he suck and lose some results because he was just a mediocre coach? Yes. Yes. All of these things can be true at the same time. There's a, We're allowed to have um, multiple point of views. But I think the only thing you can say now is what is the positive end of firing Michel now? Like, why not before the international break? Right. And then you give a new coach time to work with the team. It, it makes no sense. It reminds to me. me, it reminds me when we appointed Oscar Garcia. Uh, I think it was March or April. Yeah. And it took care, of, it took over the team for like eight games, nine games. And we knew we wasn't going to last. And probably Anigo is, is not, it, Anigo is not an uh, outside solution. So he's, he will probably. Lead, lead the team uh, until the end of the season and the club is probably going to work on a profile that will probably look like Martins because as you said before yeah. it's impossible to attract big coach in Olympiacos right now for many reasons so yeah. probably the the builder uh, profile will be the solution yeah but I, I keep I, I see this comment too Michel was not fired yeah He was resigned, or he, he resigned, resigned. Or he was resigned. Yeah. I, I know, I know. I'm not going to say anything about that. But what Martial said, it it did strike me deja vu. It felt to me a bit when I read this. Um, I didn't get the chance to think about it quite a bit. But it reminded me of this Takis Lemonis thing, where Takis Lemonis brought the team back, and they were at least competitive. I think they were in first place in the league, but then the club was like, Well, it's not good enough, you know, and he's got to go and we'll get the next option. He'll take us, take us the next step. And then that option destroyed, destroyed the club. That was Garcia, but that was so Garcia. It, it reminds me of that where it's like Takis Lemonis, a.k.a. Michel was good. He got us the results. He brought us back. But the club's like, now if we get rid of him, we can go up a level. I I, I don't know. I, I honestly, it's it makes no logic in my head, but. You know, this is another fun fact, but during the Marinakis era, this is the third time in the in the past few years that Olympiacos changes four managers in one season. The first was 2016-2017 season. We started out with Marco Silva, then hired Victor Sanchez, then went with Paolo Bento, only for Bento to get sacked, and then Vuzas. Uh, as interim manager, I think, against yeah. Besiktas included, and then Lemonis ending that season. The following season, 2017-2018, Besnik Hassi takes over, gets us into the Champions League group stages, gets sacked uh, after losing to Ajax and Sporting Lisbon. Takis Lemonis takes charge again. Oscar Garcia then takes over, only to then leave, and uh, Christos Kodis was managing Uh, the team, that's just before Pedro Martins joined in the 2018 season. And now, four years later, you have Martins gone, Corberan gone, Mitchell gone, and Jose Anigo taking I over. I think it's going to be five, game. though. I think they find someone. Oh, so th th there is some talk already in the press that it's going to be a bit of a wait and see. But honestly, like, I just, I just, I can't, I can't fathom that any serious manager is actually going to take this job. 
it. That's it. The end of the season. Not even from the summer. I think though. I think you rule yourself out from the summer with this move. It, I I don't think a serious manager comes in the summer either because. So we've we've done ourselves some serious damage here, yeah. uh, reputationally. Micho uh, has some good relationships in football too. It's not a good look. The players too are going to speak about this with their friends. It's not good. It depends. It all depends on the money anyway. Yeah, of course you you won't get someone like I don't know. We struggled to get Billich last summer because they won't get into that mess because they can't expect a job in Premier League and stuff. But if you go into the Portuguese market, maybe Spanish market, I don't know. Yeah. But one thing I was wondering, we can go back to this point of resignation versus firing. Uh, Do you think, because he was begging for his job on Instagram, he was like, I remember they wrote him a happy birthday post and he goes, I hope I'm here next year. Like, I hope the club will have me, something like that. Yeah. And so what happened in between that? Was it just, was there some sort of, were the gate seven announcements so infuriating to him that he said, okay, I'm done. Like, you don't want me here. You want something better than I'll walk. Was was that the logic? Was was the club also pressured by by the supporters to go a different direction? Because logically, it doesn't make sense. It just feels like, you know, when a car rear ends someone and then they rear end the next person, then they rear end the next one, and then you're in this. Because logically, it doesn't make so much sense. But I guess it's... There are like three yeah. scenarios or three interpretations for me. One is that Mitchell himself kind of, he thought, do you know what? Like, I don't deserve this. I've come into a ridiculous situation and I've brought the club to striking distance of the top and there's still eight games to go, uh, two derbies against Bao, two derbies against Balk, two derbies against Ajax to play in the playoffs and I'm getting shit on for absolutely everything. Do you know what? Fuck you. I'm off. That's one interpretation. Second interpretation is that I think the club forces him to resign. Say, mate, sorry, you know, the ultras are after you. And it's not the first time we see that. You need to go. And the third is that he's looked at the situation quite calmly and cynically and said, again, kind of like, do you know what? Like, if I lose against Balg, I'm done anyway, so I might as well walk. He's got Balg and Panathinaikos away on, uh, on, 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 on Sunday after the midweek game. So uh, you, you could kind of see it a little bit in his body language yesterday, almost, that he knows he, knows he fucked up yesterday too. He knows that he's made mistakes. Like I can't understand still the, the three substitutions. The, the, the only possible explanation is for him that you know he had in his mind that, you know what, I'm going to play with these players and this is my game plan and I'm going to make three changes at the end and rest Juan, Fortunis and Bakambu. Still doesn't explain to me why Valbuena hasn't come on or El Arabi or why he's chosen to play with Kasami for 90 minutes and all of this, but yeah, again, we've said it before. Like we know that he's not—he's not a top manager. That he—he he couldn't adapt. Like yesterday, he couldn't adapt to the fact that he's gone two-one down and the game plans changed, and he couldn't change his strategy on on the fly. He wasn't agile enough to do it. But but again, it's like, what do we have to gain here? Is it like—is it really going to have an impact? Like a positive impact, even or a negative impact? 
putting Jose Anigo in charge for the Wednesday, for Wednesday's game. Like, is Anigo somebody that's gonna like motivate them for the bout game? Like, can you can you give us any sense of that, like Marshall? Like, what what kind of impact could Jose Anigo possibly have going into a game like the one on Wednesday? And then playing Panathinaikos on the weekends, like the only thing that makes me optimistic is uh, Anigo had to work in Marseille, which is probably the club that looks like the more Olympiacos in Europe. Meaning, uh, you have powerful fans, you have fans that can attack the team, attack the coach, threaten the players, uh, creating hostile atmosphere. And sometimes you have to step up in the middle of the pressure. And it did it in Marseille many times. Uh, sometimes it turned, turned out to be good. Sometimes it was a kind of a disaster. But he knows how to work under pressure. So probably, uh, probably it will like not help player because I think that most of the players in Olympiacos are already used to that to the to that pressure. But I don't really understand why he can uh, give to the player, but at least he can, he can, I don't know to say that, he can try new faces. You mentioned Valbuena. Of course, Anigo has strong ties with Valbuena because he, he, he brought it into Marseille. He spotted him in a, in a small club in France. So probably he will, he will make those two or three changes in the lineup that that could uh, initiate a new dynamic. But I'm not so sure that in terms of tactics, it will change anything because it will probably look like an auto-coaching auto team. I don't know if I'll say that in English, but uh, players will probably keep doing what they used to, to do uh, this season because Mitchell probably gave some identity to the team compared to Martins during the preseason and Barbera after, after that. But I don't. I, I think that Anigo is probably the perfect guy to face Pau and Panathinaikos away because he knows pressure. Like it's not like you you would throw I don't know some foreign coach uh, that did not not used to great football and you, you would you would throw him against Pau and Panathinaikos in crucial games. I mean Anigo is able to take responsibilities to face that pressure and. Probably it will it will take away some pressure from the players. I hope so because we will need that. We need mm -hmm. players to step up and to show that they have pride and they want to finish the season as good as possible. It's not about the title, but you have to win that game against Park because you didn't beat Park once this season. Because they when they won the first game in Kaliskakis, wasn't thrown in Tumba, so you have to win that game. And I mean, I, I would say that Hannibal doesn't really matter in that equation, equation because it's up to the player, from, no matter who's the coach. Yeah. But it's a good point about uh, Anigo coming from such a hot environment, OM. It's super similar, kind of. To, it's almost like a Greek club in France. It's so unstable. The fans are so powerful, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I, I'm wondering about the role of Mateo Valbuena now. He hasn't played much this season. Is he gonna? 
is he going to play a role as almost like the assistant of a Nico? You think? You think? You would also think maybe Karambe gets more involved in the coaching, but does he do that? Does he know how to do that? I don't know. So, what what I wonder is like who's even going to run training because Michel's going to take his son and whoever else he brought with him, the two or three guys. Like, is he going to count on Valbuena to run training? How? There's so many questions that come to mind. Is a academy coach is going to run the training? It, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a good point because I, I've been thinking about that because if we end up with Hanigo being the main solution for the bench, like just think about it. If you take that situation in another club, like who's going to take the team? It, it would probably be the assistant coach, the B team coach, the under 19 coach. And I, when you look at Olympiacos, B-team coach is Yanis Okas. I, I, I'm not sure he will, he will be a top coach, probably a Super League 2 coach in the future. Just look at the B-team. He just got destroyed B-team. by Galamata. Like, what? This guy's going to be the yeah. coach of Olympiacos' first team? The guy can't even... You tell me in Olympiacos, with the, the amount of teams we have, there is no one like Herndon, Herndon, under-19 coach that could step up as the first-team coach. Why... Why it has to be Anigo that takes that role? Just think about like, like I know Costa, your Tottenham fan. You 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 would think that in Tottenham the sport director would take over the team if Conte gets that. No, it, it does not happen. You have the 123 team coach that would that would step up. It, make, it makes no sense, and it shows that the academy area is really poorly run because you have you have no inside solution. And same apply, same applies for the players because we let like someone like Kim Kwe go to France and he played his first game with the f- f- future League One team while we have no solution for the center back. We have no inside solution. And if Anigo is that inside solution, I think it it's kind of scary. And I have massive respect for Anigo, but he's a sport director, not a coach. Yeah. And if you we, look, we needed someone like Pablo Garcia. I was going to say the same thing. If if this happened at Pauk, you we have Pablo Garcia, that. who's run an academy that's now selling players for millions of euros. Yeah. You have tons if you of have players to lose the title, through. if you have to lose the title, then why not with the under nineteen coach and with with players like Carlo Georopoulos, Costi, Sorlis that came back. I don't know Pinakas. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you have to lose with. Someone that something that will create foundation for the future. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do, do you think that we've thrown the thrown in the towel this season, or do you do you think they're still so stubborn, like on the board? I think they believe. They, I think they, they seriously they still believe, believe that we can win the league. I think they do. I think. I think they do. I don't know. Anigo is the choice because... that makes you believe. Like Anigo is the choice you make if you still believe we can win a title. If you're throwing in the the flag, as we because... say, you would you would take uh, you you take the under twenty one coach. I just I just don't know how many more punches to the stomach and like punches to the face we can receive this season. Because, like, I agree with the, like a lot of the comments. You know, some of you are saying, "What about the players? Like, they've got three three managers sacked." Uh, yeah, the players have have some blame too. There's, there's plenty of blame to go around, but 
it feels like Olympiagos has just been a punching bag for like the entire season. And you know, we've you know, Labra, you've you've described Olympiagos as a train wreck waiting to happen since since last season. We saw it with Martins and you know, if Martins's team from last season was playing in this league this year, I think we would have struggled too. Like you 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 said earlier today that the situation currently kind of reflects like how bad the league is. But I would say Panathinaikos, Balk and Ayek are an improvement of their teams from last season. We've just continuously regressed and gone down levels. And my my, my point here is like how much longer do we have to take this? I'm I I'm I'm perfectly like okay to to say like this is a blip season and it's a year in, it's a season in transition and we fucked up big time. But I don't see anyone taking responsibility. I don't see anyone taking responsibility at the board level. It's all okay. Next manager, move on. It doesn't give me confidence for next season because I I consider myself a reasonable man. Yeah, I consider myself a reasonable human being and I'm not going to be the one to, you know, scream and like go outside a player's house or, you know, go outside Reddy or go outside Olympiacos' offices and scream for change or anything like that. But there are people that will do that. And how much longer is it going to take till we see some real decisions taken for the future of the club? Because I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I worry about next season. I don't give a fuck if we don't win the league this year. With with everything like if we like if we win the league this season, it's we've defied all footballing logic. We defy all footballing logic if we were to win the league this season. And, you know, there is a school of thought that says if we win the league this season, then it's like we're congratulating the leadership or the people that make decisions at this football club for all the fuck-ups of the summer and for all the bad decisions. Do we need a punishment? It's not it's not about that, but like you know, that's the question being asked. It's not about the punishment. It's like when will we learn? Is this what it is this what it took? Yes. Who's gonna take that bloody job? And next season too, there's the financial fair play. If we don't get Champions League, the owner can't put money to raise the capital. We have to sell players. If Marinagis were to inject more money into the club to to make up for the the the, the gap in finances, we will be in breach of FFP. We can't do that again for a third year in a row. So there's like something's got to give. Something's got to give. I'm worried about next season. I'm really worried about next season. I'm I'm not even thinking anymore. It's done now for me. Like the season's over. It's just like, okay, next game. I can't, no, no matter how much of an emotional roller coaster this has been up and down, we think, I oh, know it's over. Oh, no, it's not. We're still in it. Yeah, we're three points, you know, three points off the top. But 
But honestly, I, I want to see a clear future. I want to see footballing logic. And it's not there. And that's what makes me more upset than anything in all of this. I'll stop there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, completely. And I think that uh, sometimes the punishment we face is the only way to change the policy of the club. You mean, I mean, like going into Conference League with players like Solis, uh, younger player, Kitsos coming back, Leitner, stuff like that, you know, reducing the roster, selling some player, and starting over uh, on the low, I mean, uh, with uh, humility, something that is lacking in the club because we can't, I've said it on the chat, we have, like, we lacked respect to football so many times this season. Uh, you think that you have to, you can pass every team in Europe just because you have massive history. It's not working anymore. I would I, I would love to see Olympiacos in, in conference league right now to see if we can even beat teams like Sivaspor or the or against the team in which Kuipers is playing. I'm not sure sure we, we would win against those teams. So we have to start over. We have to I don't know to have some faith in players to have some, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of, I tend to agree with what you say. We don't see anything to rely on. I mean, even if we win the league, and I agree with the comment that says if we win, if we win the league, like Hayek and, pa- and Panathinaikos should stop existing because if they don't win it this season, then they won't win in ever because we are yeah. we are so vulnerable. And concerning Mitchell, is it, I think the when you say the, the, the statistics he had with Olympiacos, he has so many draws. Like if you turned three or four draws into victory, into wins, we would be first, like without a doubt, because even being average, we don't. I think Michel hasn't lost a game in the, in the league, if I'm correct. Pauk. No, he wasn't there. He, he, he arrived right after that. He lost to Ayek in the cup. Uh, Balk, Balk was his first game in charge in early October. Is the is the game we lost one one nil? I think it was. So, I, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, because Corveran was out after Aris lost. Yeah, yeah. true. It doesn't but matter. um, I, it doesn't matter anymore. But but it's just crazy, you know. This honestly is a, this is this is yeah. pretty bang on like gs yeah. comments in the space of 3 to 4 years we've gone from one of the best olympiacos teams on the park to probably one of the worst uh, yeah but that bobby alain Piquet changed changed, yeah. Yeah. changed the history of a club yeah but I don't know about you guys, but I would honestly, at this point, I would trade the James Rodriguez's and Marcelo's and everything of the world to kind of just start off fresh and have comp- competent leadership at the club and a sort of strategy that every time I go to the stadium, you know, I can support what's going on and I can see what's going on. A young coach playing attacking football. I, I would trade it for all of the James Rodriguez's and yeah. and Manolas at this point and bombs and all of that. You know, I would just like 
to see the club bring in someone young, bright, with ideas, attacking football, willing, willing to play players who are younger. Like Leidner is scoring in derbies in Vienna, but he wasn't good enough for for Greek football. It's a shame. It's not even about. I mean, I I get your point, and but know, I want to see a project. My point is, I want to see a project. Like I would trade all of the big wages. Yet. But you I had would... a project. You had a project manager, but you didn't want to support him because you had to win the league. That's all yeah. that's important is winning the league. Yeah. That's yeah. and you know we don't know. We will never know how Gorberan would have done. And, and, and maybe like Gorberan maybe should have come like one or two seasons down the road, or like. You know, different story if he'd taken the club at the beginning of preseason. It may have been a completely different story, but we'll just never know. I'm, uh, I'm not so sure with the mentality of the players that it would have worked in Olympiakos. I mean, championship players are probably the kind of player that every every coach coach want to have because they are the, probably the most workers you will find in a locker room. Because the league is very difficult, and just look how Bielsa changed it in Leeds, because it's easier uh, to work with those players. They basically never get tired because they used to play like 40 games a season. I'm not so sure Kabehan would have been able to to do that, but as you say, we will never know. Yeah, we'll never know. So, so what's the next step here? So reality has set in now. I'll ask you guys this question. Where does Olympiakos go next? Like best case scenario, what are we looking at? Does Massimo. anyone believe? Does okay? So best case scenario, like if if I was the one making the decision, I'd say okay, the team needs a spark. I'm firing Michel. I bring in Anigo. He's going to push us over the edge and win a championship. And we're going to start looking for a coach now to sell the project to. Is that is that like best case scenario the idea like whoever's make made this decision or or who's trying to implement it um is thinking like right is that so the, the, there are two things that come to my mind and one is that again there's no clear <clears throat> there's no clear organogram in the backroom staff who's looking for the manager the technical the technical director who's the technical director jose anigo what's jose anigo doing He's coaching the team against Bauk and probably until the end of the season. So who's looking for the next manager? Who's deciding? Like this is Caribe. Caribe bought Pedro Pedro Martins. Is Caribe looking for the new manager? Is Caribe in Spain now talking to Marcelino? I don't know, but that's one question. The second is, you can't talk to a manager without knowing where you're going to finish. It because depends. Is, is a completely different proposition. Like it's a different discussion to go and speak to a manager like Marcelino. Again, let, let's take that example. So you go and talk to Marcelino in Spain. I'm playing Champions League qualifiers next season. We had a shit season last year. We made terrible decisions. We're going to change the way we work. We want you to come in. Uh, we'll give you a two plus one year contract. Come and build a team. Blank check. We'll give you a good budget. Decide which players you like, which players you don't like now. But you can't. You have to wait until the end of April, beginning of May to know where you're going to finish. It's a different discussion if you say to him, I'm starting Europa League, I'm starting Champions League. 
So you can't do shit. We can't talk to a manager unless you unless you decide to drop your standards and say no disrespect. Like Gennaro Gattuso was a fantastic football player, <laughs> but do we do do we really want everyday Malakia, everyday Malakia as our coach? No, he knows the uh, league. He's <laughs> no. used to uh, work in a shit show club because that <laughs> Valencia is probably one of the poorest run club in Europe right now. So on this point, he knows what is what is to, to work in crazy environment. But I don't know. But so, I, I just go back to what you said. Uh, I think that that's why probably we, we are going to go for someone like Martins when he came because Martins, when he came, he, he would have come no matter which position Olympiacos uh, was at the end of the season because when you come from a medium-sized Portuguese club, you don't care if Olympiacos is uh, first, singing, second, or playing conference league. For you, is it's already a big opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Champions League is better, but if you have to rebuild the club, at least it give it, it gives you more space to fail. And I think Martins knew it was going to give him like one year of work, even if he didn't win the title compared to coming to a strong Olympiacos. And we yeah. don't have to to miss the opportunity to go for a club that took for a coach, sorry, that starting to do well in a small, smaller club, maybe. Because if we go for yeah. a profile like Marcelino, it's only for the Champions League, I guess. He yeah. won't come for a conference league or Stuff like that, and unless we give him crazy money, but I'm not even sure it would be convinced. It's the kind of guy to say no to a big contract in Olympiacos and to coach middle-ranked Spanish club. But I, I saw this pertaining to Valbuena and others. Is it? I the comment says we need an injection of new blood ideas. While I can't speak to the roles, I'd love to see a combination of the likes of Fuster, Valbuena, Cambiaso given a chance. And so it almost feels this is bad, but the people in the backroom staff are like Greek public sector employees, like or any public sector bureaucrats. Like, can they be fired? Like, what can they do to get fired, man? Like in any company in the world, let's say you like you you fired your manager or president mm. or whatever three times in under a year, four times. I know football is not like any other industry, but other people would get fired for making these decisions. You know, I I, I would love to see someone in the club who can very clearly. I, I I've heard Karambe speak very little because. He doesn't, he just gives like weird speeches. But when I hear him speak, I'm not so bought. But when you see Valbuena speak about Olympiacos or Fuster, you know that they can explain in French, in Spanish, exactly what's expected and what the club is like to players. And they have a nose for players who will fit in the club, I think, really well. You know, like they can sniff them like, I think well, Valbuena can sniff out who's going to be good and who's shit, you know? I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to criticize Carambeu, but 
I, I don't know how to say that, but from the 98 generation of French football player that won the World Cup is one of the few that did not did not try to be a coach. And I kind of I've kind of agree with what you say, Lavro, because when you heard you hear him speak about football, you know that it it, it, it does not have it. I mean, to be a coach or to be someone that gave top advices when it comes to create a club structure compared to Valbuena, because Valbuena he is football, like Foster probably too, because but I don't know him like I know Valbuena. Valbuena knows football, he leaves football, he's probably go, he's probably watching football every week, every every day. He crafts for that and he will stay in football when he will retire. But I, I'm not sure that Fuster or Valbuena would turn into good coaches or good technical director because it's more difficult than that. And maybe Valbuena has more chances to do it because he has a big bigger uh, network than Fuster because he is a bigger name, if I can say that, in football. Uh, but probably Cambiaso would be a, a good, decent option, but I don't know if he's a good coach. But Riera Alberiera is a good coach too. Riera, sorry for the pronunciation. No, no worries. But another point which I think is like the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about is Nottingham Forest is in shit form and could go down as well in the next few weeks. And what does that mean for one us and two the Marinakis family role in Olympiaco? Like, what does Nottingham Forest going down and being relegated mean for both us and the future of the club? You know, that's a big worry as well. I know people don't want to talk about it. But them staying up would give us more breathing room, in my opinion, to, to figure things out. Um, because it's going to be a disaster organizationally if they go down. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's a valid question, Labra, because there was a lot of talk about Steve Cooper possibly getting the sack on the weekend if they didn't win against Wolves. Um, and there was some like, reporting by our our friend Paul Taylor in the Athletic, and you know, apparently the ownership wasn't happy at how the game went on the weekend. Uh, Cooper taking off a striker and putting on a defender and losing a one nil lead, so on and so forth. Um, and yeah, you talk about the instability at Olympiagos all season, but Forrester about to go and play Leeds away from home tomorrow in a massive, massive game. Like Leeds are, I think they're in the drop zone and Forest have a really poor away record. Why am I saying all of that? If Forest don't beat Leeds tomorrow, it could be that Steve Cooper does get the sack and you have a situation in which the ownership at Olympiagos just is about to put in a fourth manager and sack another manager in the same week at Nottingham Forest. So your point is valid because, again, somebody's looking at that from the outside. It's like, Jesus Christ, like the, these guys, they own two clubs and they're both in, they're both in a... In the worst case scenario for them, right? Like this is the worst case scenario for Forrest. This is the worst case scenario for Olympiacos right now. 
But um, but I'm telling you, like, if you're a Forest fan, like, and you're looking at what's going on at Olympiacos right now, and looking at the game tomorrow against Leeds, yeah, it's not not boding well. That's a massive game for many many reasons. Um, we can speculate about the consequences, you know, if Forest get relegated, you could say, oh, maybe we'll be able to pick up some of their players. But I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, this has been a massive distraction all season, we know. Um, but you, you're not wrong to make make a, make a connection there, Labra. It's, it's the elephant in the room. Like, it's a, it's a disaster ruin. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I kind of want to let's wrap up as we're getting to an hour and this was unscheduled. Let's let's say our prediction for how this is going to what is what is Olympiacos Football Club going to look like in July? Like, what are the steps to what it's what are the results and steps that's going to just where do you think this is going? Like, honestly, I don't want the best case scenario. I don't want the worst case. scenario. Where do you think this goes? Where I think it's. It's going into a major, uh, major change changes in, in terms of football player, and something that has to be uh, a massive uh, strength for Olympiacos is the loanies that will come back, because if we don't get Champions League football, uh, you we will have to sell players and we will have less money on the market and. I know it's, it sounds naive, but it's it's the kind of situation in which Aloni can get back into the team because we basically have no other solution. You know, compared to a, a team like under Martins when we were powerful, you would not you would you would go for two or three players for each position each position, and that kind of killed every din- dynamic he created before. So probably. We are going until something new. I hope it can get worse, obviously, but hands will be made anyway. So I'm just hoping for that, for some friendlies that will give player a chance to show that they can compete to Olympiacos in Olympiacos. Sorry, unlike last last summer in which we 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 see. I think we saw Avram play friendlies, and it was the end of the beginning of the end. For me, has he been on the bench? When you think about it, when you think about so, it, like Avram playing friendlies and then he retired. Retiring. <laughs> I mean, the team, the team could have used him on Sunday instead of Retros. We we should we should go for the first lineup of the season. We would be so surprised to see which lineup <laughs> Martins put on the first friendly. Yeah. Of course, the same team. <clears throat> I think we need a similar kind of clear out to the one we had in the 2018 season. I, uh, you know, Marshall talks about the low knees that, that are coming back. And we actually touched on that yesterday on the episode. And you think about the players that are coming back. Agibu Kamara's coming back. Fadiga's coming back. Bukhalagis is coming back. Mamadou Kane is coming back. You've already got four central midfielders. Madi Kamara, I forgot, is coming back. Five central midfielders. Pepe is coming, can come back. Too. Pe- Pe- Pepe can come back. Maxi Levera is coming back. Philip Zinkenagel is coming back. Henry Onyakuru is coming back. 
Hassan's coming back. They're not just gone forever. I thought they were gone forever. That's right. management at Olympiacos. Like, oh my god, they came back. I thought we yeah, got. Rid- you've got you've got like around twenty players coming back. Uh, what are you like? Cisco's coming back too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you you know what? Um, Pape Cisco is in contention to play against Balk. I'm just reading. Shut up! No, no. This is this is the, the great the great uh, patriarch of Olympiacos football reporting in Greece, Mister Nikolagopoulos. Uh, I think reporting that Pape Cisse is uh, is being will considered. Be yeah, He's been yeah he will be activated. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. Energopiete xana. <laughs> it's kind of insane, you know, right, but it makes it, sense. It, Amigo it, probably so likes him, you know. It's so predictable, right? But like, why was he gone all this time? If if the technical director, like he's the technical director, but the technical director doesn't decide who plays. Like, I don't, I really don't. It, it, it's mind boggling. It's really mind boggling sometimes. So like, forgive me that I just, that you ask a, a, a pertinent question, Labro, but I can't see. Like I yeah. can't see. It's so I hard to think about this club logically. And then like, and then you like, you. It's really nice when we come here and we theorize and young players and vision. And then you go back and you read the news, and it's like, thirty-eight-year-old striker from Turkey is being ready, or you know, just like random stuff. It's like it's like actually like forty-two-year-old Avram is being readied for Sunday. It's like what? Wait, what? So. I get what Abra- you're saying. Abraham comes out of retirement. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like post um, He's already been registered in the team. Avraham is being ready for. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, even on the technicality, like he's registered for 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 Greek Super League, so he's ready to play. Like, he's got 15 he... minutes in him or something. I don't know. Just. <laughs> I, I I I don't know, mate. I don't know. I think Olympiakos like. The, the, I think the one thing we could all agree on is that Olympiacos needs a massive reboot. Yeah. Hit the like button if you think Olympiacos yeah. needs a massive yeah. reboot. Like we've had consistently over about 60, 70 people following the show tonight, guys. Thank you. I know we haven't managed to get through like all the comments. Um, hope you've enjoyed the the, the discussion. Uh, or you know, your thank you for sharing in our pain tonight um we're all we're all concerned about what the next step is um but yeah hit the like button if you haven't done so already subscribe if you're following for the first time we're gate seven international your number one english source for all things olibiagos um speak greek too i know we always get that that question um Again, think, yeah, massive, massive thank you to everyone that's that's joined tonight. Um, Labra, do you want to answer your own question? <laughs> what I think happens is I actually think a lot of people will get the sack in the summer. I do think a lot of people will get sacked in the back room and they'll bring some people in. Um, I think this season will end and I'm going to come out and say it since everyone's so negative. I think Anigo will do a bit better than people think. I think we'll still finish. Top three. Do you think we'll finish top two? Not top two, top three though. But Panathinaikos is so bad, man. They're like, really not that them. good, man. They're very. They're really poor. not that good. They're very for poor. Sake. But <laughs> we we have an ego as our manager, no, no, no. so it's... just look at the. No, you can't look because it's on my screen. But five years ago, I just remember that 
when Anigo was coaching Levadiakos. He almost got on a fight with Luchescu on the bench. Oh my god! Oh my god! And oh, now dear. you know you know it's funny because the the what uh, what I said before about about Anigo being used to work in pressure and the only thing uh, I I've watched the game uh, Paul Ike last Sunday and every time a team that a team does not fall into how game about uh, make making the game more dirty, like because I got a got a goal rule off for nothing, and they kept trying, they kept trying until they scored a, a very beautiful goal, by the way. And I hope Anigo will say to the player that it's time for Olympiacos to be the bad guy in this kind of game. You know what I mean? Like it's against Park, it's not to win beautifully. You just have to win. You know how they will come to Olympiacos. Luchescu is already ready to cry about Athenian team and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know they will come to Olympiacos, to Karaskakis, to make that game dirty. And I assume that Anigos, Anigo knows that very well. And I uh, I don't know, maybe he will use other players like Valbuena because it makes sense, but he signed Bitiki too. He's the one who signed Bitiki. Yeah. So maybe Bitiki um, gets a chance and Gary Rodriguez gets bent off. Was it his signing? Was it his signing? Do we know that? He was technical director when he signed. I don't know, Costa. You, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's it's to, it's it's up to the players to win that anyway. Yeah, it's the players. There's nothing no coaching in this. So let's close on this. I was saying to Adi that Olympiacos this season is like a train wreck but like the train pushes through the wreck a bit and just keeps hitting other cars you know like it keeps going you keep seeing the cars i i think i i wouldn't say it's a train wreck anymore i would say it's a full-on circus and i think we're laughing and joking so much because like that's the only reaction you can make like you can't be angry anymore how can you be angry anymore and yelling it's just you need to just laugh at what it is it's a joke it's mismanagement it's incompetence what really hurts though is this is our team you know and we like going to the stadium we like seeing Olympiacos grow as a club and all they're doing is making the club a laughing stock but that's all I got to say for the rest of the night yeah well on uh on that note think we can we can wrap it up we've just been going on for over an hour again guys um thank you for watching especially if you've made it this far don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't done so already game against balk on wednesday it's a nine o'clock kickoff local time in greece jose anigo taking in charge for that one let's see what kind of changes if any we're going to see on wednesday Never a dull moment, ladies and gentlemen, this season. Okay, well, until Wednesday, we'll be back. Have a good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're following from. We're Gate 7 International. See you next time. Oh.